Boochow. The ghetto. Maddo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sassy and Safe podcast with your three favorite girls, Teresa, Kosi, and Esther. Three women, different walks of life with one goal, please God. Bringing you conversations where kingdom meets culture. Are they ready? They're not ready. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sassy and Safe podcast. We're here with your special host, your most favorite host, the chocolate drops, the hostesses with the mostesses. <laughs> That's all I have. Jebe, <laughs> Jebe, something, something. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about churches because you know what this is a christian podcast and we are christians and we go to church even though church is not the building it is the body it's all of us preach preacher but you know we still go to the building (laughs) 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 go and see the people so we we make it a good time yeah, but you know, we've also left churches and we are members of, like, it's so interesting. Um, T, you and I were members of the same church at a time, and then I left, and now you and Esther are members of the same church. But yeah, that's, that's, it's not that interesting. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, so I just wanted to discuss, you know, when it, it, you know, well, okay, not when it's time to leave a church, because that sounds so, when is it time to leave a church? Never, don't ever leave. Ah. No, but, (laughs) but in case, you know, uh, you know, there are times when in your spiritual journey, your spiritual growth, you maybe just outgrow something or you want something more or God is telling you to move. That's a big time. So it's just, I just want to discuss like, because it can be controversial, yo. Like when you switch churches, you are risking losing friends, (laughs) losing people liking you (laughs) and finding a new church is not easy. (laughs) So it's a decision you have to make. Well, on the run, <laughs> <laughs> literally. You gotta hide out. You can't even if it's in the same city. You can't even shop in peace. You can't go to the grocery store. Oh, for sure. Side like you know, Sunday afternoon at the at the specialty store is a hard time <laughs> because everybody, <laughs> everybody is there. Doing the hi. Oh, how are you now? Oh, I'm good. Oh, that's so nice. I still get Facebook messages talking about I miss you, Coast. How are you and Chris? Oh my God, please. (laughs) It can get rough. It can get rough. But the worst part is even like people thinking that because you left that church, you're not saved anymore. Mm -hmm. That is the worst. Have you asked? Yeah, and they're not even going to ask it. You know the aunties, they're slick. They'll be like, well, we're still waiting for you. We're here, you know? <laughs> don't go back to the, don't go into the world, whatever, whatever. And you're just like, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Wait till Jesus comes. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a lot. Yeah. I remember one time I, I had, like, traveled home for the, I also traveled, going home is, like, <laughs> a, a big deal to churches. Like, when you go away for, like, three weeks, it's a big deal to churches. I don't know why. I think I'm just going <laughs> to... African churches! <laughs> because 
white people get it. I don't know. I just, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm the one. I'm going to say it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> because I went home for the summer or something and I had dyed like the top of my hair blonde. Um, well, when I came back, my hair was, no, yeah, when I came back, I think my hair was blonde for a little bit, but blonde is hard to keep up. So I went back to brown. One lady literally pulled me aside and was like, I'm so glad you're back in the church. I knew you had backslid because your hair was white. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> but they buy blonde wigs at the beauty supply store. Sis, she said she knew I had backslid because my hair was white. <laughs> I said, okay, wow. okay. Okay. Uh, no, but that's what okay. Do. Like, where I used to go, like, it was like, it wasn't normal for like, this sounds so bad. Okay, it wasn't normal for girls to wear pants. Like, you had to wear, like, your skirts. Pants. Yeah, skirts or, like, like pants with something very long. So this one time I saw this auntie. I didn't care anyway. I would go with my pants. But I saw this auntie, and I was wearing my jeans with, like, a normal top. And then she just looked at me. She was like, wow, you left, and this is how you became? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, God is good, auntie. God bless you. I don't even entertain it, honestly. I'm just like, okay, sure. Like, think whatever you want. Yeah. It was not as smooth as yours. I was um, a black sheep. I was accused. I was slandered. People were looking at me like I was crazy. But then, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Come on, come on. Like, three years later, when they seen that my life was popping... Mm. All of them be messaging me on on the sidelines like, oh, so we're trying to leave, but we don't know how to leave. <laughs> oh, so tell us about your church whispering. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is good. But see, the thing is, like, I think when people leave churches, there's always this personal. People take it so personally as if the church is bad, and it doesn't. And it's like. Listen, I'm going somewhere else doesn't mean that where I'm going is for you. Mm. It's for me. Yeah. <laughs> because this is a bad place. It just means that it's no longer for good for me. Like, as we're saying. Yeah, but people take it so personally. Um, so my first church leaving experience was um, I, I had been in the church for about four years altogether. And I just noticed that I was not growing spiritually. And that for me is usually why, why I will leave a church. I don't just pack up and leave because of drama or because of whatever. Even though, oh, that is tempting because a lady, <laughs> there can be drama. <laughs> but it's like, that's just, for me, that's not enough reason to leave. Like, it's when there's drama and I'm not growing spiritually, I'm not taking it. <laughs> I'm not taking it. I can handle whatever the case if I know that I am developing and I'm growing and da 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 But I just noticed, like, I had stunted. I noticed that I was going to church, basically, like, it was, like, a reason to dress up. It was a reason to, like, see my friends. It wasn't, like, I wasn't really going to listen to the word. And you can always tell because you go to the church and then you go hang out in the lobby. <laughs> That's how you know that. Oh, something's going wrong. <laughs> Where you, you go to church, you dress up, you wake up early in the morning, you know, it's a Sunday. You don't need to do it. You wake up early in the morning to get dressed, shower, put on makeup. You don't even wear the amount of makeup you wear on Sunday for your nine to five. You wear lashes and everything, heels to go and hang out in the lobby. <laughs> There's a problem. That's how you know. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm stunted. Like, I'm just not growing 
spiritually. So um, I left and I went to another church that was like really, really beneficial for me at the time. Once again, it's like, it's for me, right? Like I said, it doesn't mean the place is a bad place. It doesn't mean that where I'm going is necessarily a good place. It's just where I'm supposed to be. Um, so went to a place that was just really, really just wholesome for my spirit. And then once again, kind of reached a cap there of like what I needed to learn in that season and in that place. and like have an idea of where God wanted me to be and the gifts that he had placed in me. Cause you guys, I spent forever. And yo, I think T the other day we had a discussion about gifts versus talents. That thing changed my life. Wow. Really? No, I'm not even joking. It literally changed my life because I realized I had spent so much of my life trying to hone my talents, feeling like, okay, my talent, like this is, I'm, I can become really, really good at, okay, so like I sing, I play guitar, I'm like, in, I'm musical, right? But my husband is like, he sings for a living. Yeah. Like he sings just to, like, just, <laughs> it, I'm stressed. The other day, he was practicing a run, practicing a run, practicing, I was napping in the living room. He practiced the run at least 50 times just because like he could do it and he just wanted to get better and better and but it woke me up and i had to i was so upset but it's like it's literally who he is i don't need it I, like I, I can go days without listening to music it's not innate in me I, I won't lose anything but there are certain gifts in me that i just that's why I said, like, I feel so alive. Like, I feel so like, oh my goodness, finally. I feel like I had lost something over the years that I have finally regained back. And it's because I was spending so much time trying to hone talent and not actually focusing on my gifts. Um, so anyways, all that to say, being in that church, like the second church, taught me what I was not made for. So like, like I said, I sing and stuff. So at that church, I was leading worship and I realized like, okay, this is what I've been thinking that like I was called to do all these years thinking like I'm this musical person. I play guitar, like music just comes so easily to me and I'm leading worship and I like it. I enjoy it. I even love it. But I promise you, if you don't give me the mic, I won't cry. <laughs> like it was not a hunger. There was no hunger. I couldn't care. Like I just... I loved what I did, you know what I mean? But it, it didn't like, I didn't wake up thinking, oh man, what's the set going to be? Like, da, 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 no. But there's just certain things about the word of God. Like there's just certain things about talking to people. There's certain things about educating people about just certain things that I live for. Like just, ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for my life. But yeah, so it was really good for me to go there and realize what I was not meant to do, which sounds really bad. But now where I am is kind of honing me in literally my gifts, which is so new for me and something I haven't done in such a long time that it, it at first just felt like this is such a waste of my time. Like it felt like I'm a, I hate the learning curve. You know, that slow, yes. that slow start. Yeah. Yeah. So like I hate so that but they're so like they don't rush the word of God yeah. <laughs> at all. They don't 
they don't just tell you a, a quick summary of the story. No, they will tell you every single, and then Jesus walked. It was important for him to walk because, da, 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 and, it, and you're just like, oh my God, because you're so used to, uh, uh, Jesus walked and then he did it. You know what I mean? You're so used to did it, did it. So I like, I'm like, get to the end of the story already. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> but I'm realizing like, Kosi, like it's because you're so used to like your talents and kind of itching your own ego and itching your own pleasure, but not actually what God actually wants you to do. And you have to take that slow so that's slow learning. Anyway, I'm rambling. Point is, where I am is pretty lit, and maybe it's where I'm meant to be for the next 15, 20, 100 years. Maybe I'm only supposed to be there for three months. We'll find out. But stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, I guess for me, I was in the same church since I was like 13. So that's basically where I learned everything I knew about God. Um everything everything i knew about prayer about personal relationship with god um everything i was basically because even like i started university when i was very young and i just remember like because I, I wasn't even leaving my parents so i left my house when i was 16 and i just remember that i was just going to school going to church going to school so everything about me was basically that church and um i was very involved in my church I was doing various things. I was leading so many things, but it got to a point where I just started feeling like my spirit was just dying. Mm-hmm. And I just remembered there was this one time, I don't know what I had to lead. And I remembered that at some point every Friday I would read my Bible just because I knew that Saturday I had something to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it wasn't for me anymore. I wasn't doing things for myself. I wasn't seeking God for myself. I was just, you know, living life, doing what I was supposed to do. And that's when I kind of knew that I had a problem. So I took some time and I paused a little and I was like, okay, like, God, like, what's going on? And all I knew is at that time, God told me that I needed a new sound. I didn't know what that meant. To make a very long story short, I, I, I guess God kind of led me to, like, the church where I go now. So I've been going there for, like, a, two years. So it took me a long time to transition, though. Like, I didn't just, like, up and leave, like, oh, I find a church, let me bounce now. Like, it took me eight months to actually leave my old church and, like, go back for so many reasons. I had my friends. I was used to it. I had a way of doing things. It was part of my life. But I think it just, a time came for me where I was, like, I'm going to, I need to prioritize, like, myself and my relationship with God. Because if when you're in that position or when you're in something, let's say that if you're in something that God doesn't want you to be in for that season of your life, until, like, unless you walk out of that, like, you're never going to know, like, what you're missing out on. So it's a step that I had to take, and I finally took it. There was a lot of backlash, a lot of gossip, a lot of whatever. She left because of this. She left. I left because a boy embarrassed me, apparently. Like, so many things. But... I just ended up going and I knew that I made, and I still know that I made the right move because my life hasn't been the same. I feel like obviously I was where I was for a reason. It taught me so much. Like everything I know about like, like a lot of things that I know about like prayer, personal relationship with God, like I've learned that over there and it sustained me. 
but I just know that being where God needs me to be at the moment is just like it unveiled and it unleashed so much inside of me. Like I was just a church goer. I didn't think that I was capable of doing anything, but it's because I was placed in a different environment that I started knowing about who I am. Like this we're doing, I would have never done it. I would have been like, yeah, y'all, y'all, I don't like to talk, so y'all just leave me alone. But like the fact that I'm even doing this and the fact that I'm even connected to like destiny friends and people who are actually pushing me and doing all of these things is just proof um, that this is like where I needed to be. And there's still so much more I need to discover. I also remember just to end on that note, like I remember that this one time after I left and I started going to where I'm going, this auntie called me and then she was like, oh, you know, like, you know that if you leave church, like you're gonna have to go somewhere else and you're gonna have to start over. You have a position here, don't go there. And I was like, that's kind of- <laughs> Look at Teresa's face just dropped. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter to you. I was like, it doesn't matter. Like I know why I go there. Nobody needs to know what I'm doing. Like I'm going to learn. <laughs> that's literally, I said, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Like. I know what I'm, why I'm going there and I'm going to do what I have to do. Like, even if I have, like, I don't care. I can sit and know, everybody can think that I just got saved yesterday. I don't care because I know why I'm there. So anyway, yeah, it's just a hassle. But I'm glad I left, though, because I'm where I need to be. I wish y'all could see Teresa's face. She's faces. She's pissed. Now <laughs> <laughs> I go to church for position. I know. <laughs> we go to church for position. I'm cheese. Okay. <laughs> May church is something. Okay, well, my story kind of is like a mixture of the both of you. Oh my god! So, um, so the church that I was, I was there for my whole life as well. Um, it's actually my family church, so like my family owns the church. So, like, it wasn't like a pick or choose. I ended up in this church. Like everybody going here because it's family time. Like you know. So mm. I grew up in the church. I was there from the age of three to the age of twenty one i believe so um i want to say i was tired of just learning about the word and praying but i was tired about just learning about the word and praying like i wanted more and that was when i really began to more discover and understand my purpose and my burdens see purpose my purpose and my burden which was for young people so i knew that i really had a heart for young people and most importantly a heart for young people coming to christ since the beginning the thing that kept me away from church even though my family everybody's pastors everybody's in church the thing that kept me away from it was the fact that one i felt like it wasn't catered to young people and two i felt like people were not real like everybody's just faking it but you can't, you don't see people that come up there and be like, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. This is like my shortcoming. Like everybody has a mask of perfection. I didn't feel it. So in that season, I was really, really stepping and understanding more of that burden of young people. I want to see young people come to Christ. I want to see young people. And I was looking at all my friends that I had left in Toronto and they were doing really, really poorly in life. And I was like, these people would be so good if they could come to church, but they won't because it's boring. So I had that burden for young people. And in my in the Toronto branch, we had um, 
young adult ministry that we were like building slowly but in the ottawa branch there was like it was nothing it was nothing so when i came in i was really eager and really on fire because i was like okay this is a small branch we can probably like build it up from the beginning it's nothing that they had before we can really do this but um the culture there was a lot different than the toronto culture so every time we would put forth ideas or try to do something for the young people we'd get shut down every time we would try to take initiative we'd get shut down every time we try to like just try to make moves for the young people we'd get shut down so really it was just like the young people we'd come we'd sit but the church was for the older folks and i, I was just like nah this is <laughs> this ain't it <laughs> this ain't it and so it's not like i was not growing spiritually yes i was going spiritually but i was so drained like i was unfulfilled to the point where i was a youth leader I was a leader in youth ministry, but it was, it was just the title. And just, that's why the ladies cheesing me, just the title, just the position. Cause we literally could do nothing. We were there and had this title and this position for no reason. Cause nothing was like, we we're just stagnant as the youth and you can see it affecting everybody. Nobody really wanted to say anything because church politics, let's respect our elders, you know, Africans, but I've never been the one to like, just be quiet like that. So I would say it all the time. Like what the heck? And I started getting a little bit of trouble, but still like, it was just, it was so annoying, like to the point where I literally had to drag myself to church in the morning. And anybody that knows me, I'm very passionate about the things of God. Mm -hmm. I like to learn. I like to learn about the Bible. I like to be in church. So like the fact that I literally need to drag myself, some days I wouldn't even go. I would miss like two, three weeks. Cause I'm like, why am I going? Like, <laughs> I would just watch online or I'd sit in my room and watch. Mike Todd became popular about that around that time so i'd sit in my room on sundays and i would watch mike todd and take notes um and things like that so yeah um i had a friend that went to another church and he invited me a lot of times to go but i i was avoiding going there because there was conflict between the two churches because of some history um and I so basically I just avoided it, avoided it. I had visited one time earlier before I moved to Ottawa, but it was kind of like a hide and go seek type thing. Like I had to really not let nobody know. I went, it was super sleuth 007 type things, and I went there and it was really amazing the first time I went. But then this time, um, I was like talking to him and, and I was telling him I haven't really been going to church and things like that. And he's like, That's not you at all. You should come out, you should come out, you should come out. So I ended up going to, um, they had a program, like a, an event, and they had like um, Thai Tribet come out. So I was like, okay, let me go. Like, this is an event. I'm not just going to church. This is just like, you know. <laughs> and I went there. It was really good. Still, I was in my current church because, again, there was a lot of history. And, I mean, it was a situation where, like, even if you want to go to another church, not that one like you can go to yeah. any other church in the city but not that one so actually i started doing that i started going around to different churches in the city trying different churches just to avoid going to that one even though i knew that i was really enjoying it and they were very youth focused and it was really much in line with what god had already told me is my purpose and where i'm going i started visiting other churches just so that i could like fit into the politics because like not that one and I would go to all these churches that I just was not fulfilled not fulfilled not filled so then um, my first confirmation was one time I was at home 
and the church was having another event and they had a man of God come for those of you who believe in prophecy or those who don't, it's fine. They had a man of God come and he was prophesying to people and he said my name. And then he's like, is there a Teresa here? Is there a Teresa here? And my friend was like calling me like, Oh, like the man of God is calling your name. I was like, how's that possible? I don't go to your church. <laughs> and then he's like, Oh, that he basically, he told him the prophecy and he was saying like, Oh, like, um, there's a girl named Teresa. Like, Basically, he told him the prophecy, the girl named Teresa. He said that he knows a girl named Teresa. She doesn't go to this church yet, but she's like, you know. And then the man of God said, like, oh, God is calling her to work with young people. God is calling her to do great things. She's going to go around the world, but this is her church. This is her church. And I was like, okay, cool. But I, I wasn't, I didn't really understand, nor that I super believe in prophecy at the time. So I was like, I don't know, like, is this real? Did you pay him? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Um, so, but that was like my first confirmation. So that was kind of like an inner witness that was kind of always in me that I just had at the back of my mind. And then, uh, ended up going and visiting, a, uh, this is probably my fourth time now. They had like a worship night thing and I went there and they started singing and worshiping and I just found myself in the back, like just crying and I was laying on the floor and I was praying in tongues and I felt like I hadn't just been in the presence of God like that for so long. And I was praying in tongues, praying in tongues and eventually my tongues changed. So that was sort of like my second confirmation that, wow, like this place is different. So from that point, that was kind of like the transition point for me that I had in my mind that I know that this is the, I'm about to cross the Jordan, okay? So because of the church history, I had to use wisdom. So kind of like Esther, I was spending two weeks in one church, two weeks in another church, two weeks in one church, two weeks in another church. I was kind of alternating through the month. And the church was very, very far from where I lived. So it would take me like two hours to get there by bus. But thankfully, I was able to connect with people that would give me rides and things like that. But I was doing like the two, 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 two. Then one day I was like, why am I killing myself? to enjoy church two times a month and then hate church two times a month. Like it doesn't make sense. So I just made the decision that I was going to transition. I went um, respectfully. I let the pastor know and all that. And um, at first, obviously they weren't having it because of all the churches, not that one, but I had to really make the decision to understand that this is about me this is my spiritual life this is my growth this is my walk with god yes my whole family has gone to this church for my whole life yes my family is like the church like it's family my family started the church, but still um at the end of the day <laughs> this is my walk and the bible says that to, to follow god you have to hate your father you have to hate your mother and your father because sometimes you cannot, and that's not literally hate your mother and your father. I was just gonna, because you know, people on the internet love to... They literally hate your mother or father. But he said that to follow him, sometimes you have to pull yourself away from what your parents are saying. Even though you honor them, you have to pull yourself away and always make his voice the loudest. And that was a, uh, that was the season where I learned that. And I feel like till today, it has just kept me that. God's voice and is always the loudest. Like no matter what, I have no problem ta telling my mom this. Like I make decisions. I say God told me, and she backs off. Like it's not even a beef thing because 
the fruit, like the proof is in the pudding. She has even said, she has even attested to that there has been a tremendous growth, tremendous difference in me coming to this current church than where I was. Sassy and Save birthed from this current church. Minister Teresa birthed from this current church. Like Esther said, I was sitting, I was, yes, I was in leadership, but I never ever viewed or thought that I could could be used of God to do anything. Like I... I, I always thought like ministry was reserved for a certain type of people. And I wasn't one of those people. Like I was just going to be a person that comes to church, you know, you serve in church, you love God, but then you go out, you do your career, you do what you want to do. Like I was going to be a lawyer, you do that and that's it. But in coming to this church and in discovering my purpose even more and even walking in purpose, I've seen that I'm actually called to do this full time, which is what I'm doing. And the testimonies I received over the past four years is just proof that like, all these people like would have, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but there's people that literally say like, like you inspired me to walk with God. You inspired me to go to church. You inspired me to start a podcast. You inspired me to serve and all these things. So there's people that were literally attached to me fulfilling my purpose for them to fulfill their purpose, which all would have not came to pass if I had stayed there. So all of that to say in a very long story, to make all of that to say in a super long story that (laughs) yes, there is a time to leave a church and that was my experience, but um, to also be bold enough to leave even when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Why is it always so uncomfortable though? (sighs) I think because the politics, like at the end of the day, church is politics. Like, sorry to say, church is politics at the end of the day. Like Esther's beloved friend said, position and all of that. I mean, like, if you think about it, your church, we call it church family. Your church is like your family that you choose. Like, you know what I mean? You spend a lot of time there. You're there with them. Uh, If you're super involved, you spend a lot of time there. You serve with them in ministry. These are the people that you're vulnerable with. You most times in church, your church family knows you better than your work family. Even though you go to work five days a week at church one, quote unquote, your church family knows you better than your work family because those are who you, they see your mess. They see your dirt. They see the growth in you. They see you come in messed up or they, they, they're there and they endured with you. Like Esther said, they left. Someone said she, they left. She left because a boy embarrassed her. Like work people will not know that. So they're there for the key moments, good or bad. They're there to see you grow. They're there for all of that. So it's a family. So it's almost like you're leaving a family when you, when you're leaving a church and people fans to that. Yeah. It's just like, you know how we say that we are the church, not the building, but like you basically make connections with people. You have your friends there. You just have people that you see every week, even though you don't talk to them. Like a lot of times, I think it's always funny when I walk in church, like I always know who's praying. It's like, I'm used to their voice. Like I know who's talking. I know who's, you know what I mean? So there's all that, like you're used to it. And it's like, Oh, you're just going to up and leave. Like, one day to the other like how is that going to look or how is that even going to make you feel because you're going to somewhere you don't even know what's waiting for you over there and you don't know what you're gonna you know run into so I think there's all of that that we take into account yeah I hate it though it's so annoying to me I hate it I just feel like 
sometimes it can be personal. I know that sometimes people leave churches for actual personal messy reasons, like, cause they're like I don't like the pastor, I don't like how they sing, or something stupid, I don't know, <laughs> right? But it's like, I feel like if someone is coming to you and telling you that for whatever reason they are not growing spiritually, I think I think it's it's just I don't I just uh, it's like it's like being in a school right it's like being in a school being in a class mm-hmm. and you've just learned like I've learned do you know what I mean like it's time for me to graduate and go to university but you say oh no you have to stay here it's like but <laughs> like I've I've learned everything that I've learned yeah. and I think that was also part of my um, experience too because like I didn't like when you're born in a church you don't get to choose like I think you guys have the experience of uh, or you guys have the benefit of having had to be able to even choose the church that you wanted to but I was just put there like this is the family church here you are so and I think there's no there's no you can't just find yourself in a church you you find whenever you're looking for churches it's kind of like shopping which sounds bad but you need to literally Find the one that works best for you. You need to find the one that that fits best for you. You need to find the one that you that you identify with. So for me, like it's like when people would say, "Why are you leaving?" or "How could you leave?" What do you mean? How can I leave? I didn't even choose to come. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm taking the choice. I, I'm leaving because this is not where I want to be. Like I didn't I didn't choose to come. So it's 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 so interesting. It's so sticky. It's. the last time i left the church the pastor made he said something along the lines of um you know young people are really he said millennials are really transitional you know he said he doesn't know you know if that's completely a, a good thing or a bad thing it's just you know what it is like young people tend to we transition often and it's so true like our parents' generation, well, not my mom, because my mom is a G. She, she, she don't like you, she'll not stay. But even her, even through some of the nonsense that I, I saw her go through at her church or just some things like some of the politics and stuff, like she still stayed, like young, oh, our parents' generation will stay in an organization for 20 years. They won't leave. Like they are comfortable being members or sister this or dickiness that. Like <laughs> they're not looking for, and I don't know if, they're learning or they're growing or what it is or their call or what. I don't even think our parents' generation have call. Well, not to see. Obviously, they, everybody has call, obviously. Stop this. But they don't care. I think it's a thing with Black church, though. It's a community. That's what we get. But also, I was talking to um, one of my, my favorite mamas from church the other day, and she was like, you know, she just called me to, like, check up on me with quarantine. Awesome mamas or something. She called me to check up on me for quarantine, and she was just like, oh, like, you know, um, she, she obviously I can't come over, because usually I would go over and help her cook and clean her house and stuff, and we just talk, and she just, like, talks to me about different stuff. And then she was saying, like, you know, um, she, so her, she's the pastor she's the wife of the prayer pastor at, at my current church. And um, she was saying, you know, like you, you're really lucky that, you know, in your youth and you know, even before you're getting married, that you're supposed to marry a pastor. Like God has already told you and it's been confirmed to you that you're supposed to marry a pastor. So you can practice and you can, you can learn and you can watch and you can do everything you need to do to get ready for that position. Like some of us, we just, 
opened our eyes and we were in position and we were called pastor's wives. So we don't know what to do or how to do it. Like we didn't choose this life. So I think that's a lot of the stories of the older generation. And like, they were trying to survive, yo. They were immigrants. They had families to feed. They were in a new country. All they were trying to do is survive. They came to church because it was the place where they could go for hope. Like, how am I going to bring my whole family? To see their fellow Africans. it It wasn't even one of those things where I'm trying to fulfill my purpose. They just needed a place of hope to connect and a place to take a break from the world. Like, I don't like it's not so much here in Ottawa, but in Toronto, a lot of the immigrants and a lot of the Ganyan, which I am, the Ganyan immigrants, they work like factory jobs and they do a lot of like blue collar type jobs, not white collar jobs. So church for them is like a place where they could just go and and take off the burden and just take away the ease of that. Like there's women. I know a woman that's like 60 something and she works in a factory under the table because she needs to be able to pay her bills. So like church is just a place of hope, just a place to get away from all of that. They're not thinking about what am I called to do? What's my purpose? What what ministry am I leading? That's for us, eh? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like our parents' generation is like as if they didn't do call. It was just there was the pastor and everybody else yeah. just went to church. Yeah. But like, okay, what what would what would you guys say is like not a good reason to leave church? Like after having observed everything that you guys observed. There's so much more bad reasons. There's, you know what? There's only like five good reasons to leave a church. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many dumb reasons that people leave churches for. There's, like I said, I don't like the pastor. I don't like how they sing. I don't like how they dress. I don't like the color of the walls. The photographer is flush, is shining bright. Like, <laughs> there's, there's dumb reasons why people leave churches, right? But I think sometimes, I think sometimes people have what seems like a good reason but it's actually not like like you right you said oh some people think that you left because a boy embarrassed you <laughs> okay cool but there are actually some people who like are in very serious relationships and have very public yeah breakups yeah and then all of a sudden it's like i i don't need to be here right <laughs> however oh god i'm saying this to now however yeah. it's like the reason although yes community is such a huge part of church and 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 it is it is one of the major reasons why we go to church there is something about just kind of letting i feel like in church is where you learn is is one of the first stages you learn how to handle persecution yeah. which is, is you know very it's very unfortunate <laughs> it sucks but it's legitimately one of the first places where you learn how to be tough and be like a duck and let other thing roll off your back <laughs> because baby like you can't leave a church every time a boy breaks your heart like i'm sorry because you actually have something to do there you have something to learn there and until you have learned your lesson like even school like it's literally i see church almost like school like i see it as a place i'm going to and learn something so for me it's like when i finish learning then i'll go until then like if in school one day everybody holding hands kiss kiss hug hug then the boy will break your heart will you say oh mom i'm leaving the school no like what <laughs> like you're not done like so for me it's like as much as as much as a compelling reason as it is as that is i just don't feel like 
things like that, like personal, emotional things that if you think about six months from now, will this matter? It probably won't. That's probably not a good reason to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think for me, I think something that we can, that we all have in common is when we, we sat down in service and realized I'm not learning anything. I don't want to be here. Like genuinely, not like, I don't want to be here because you don't love God, but like, you don't want to be there, that place, that one. You can be any, you want to be in any other church, but yeah. that church, <laughs> you know, and it's like, you, you know, when you're going online to go and watch Mike Todd, that's when you, that's when you know. I was about to say, like, it's a difference when you're not, you're in the church and you're not making any effort. Like you're, you're just not, praying you're not spending time with god you're not in the presence you're just living that is not a, a church problem that's a you problem yeah. but the fact that like i was waking up at 5 a.m to pray for my future like <laughs> you don't do that if you're not going to church like clearly there was something that i i still wanted and i still longed for and yearned for but i just wasn't getting it there it's like and i like what you said coach about millennials like what your pastor said which is true like i my my mom always says like she doesn't understand how young people just switch jobs because where she works, she works with a lot of young people and, and she's also a professor. They're always, she, when she's doing co-op, they always come to her and they'll be like, Oh, like, I don't want this one. I want to go I don't, because of this, something small. And she'll be like, something small happened. And they'll come and worry me that they want to switch their co-op. Like I have all the, the connects to places in the world. I should just go and find everywhere because of you. Like she's always saying, she doesn't understand how millennials just switch. And even me, she's like, you're always going from just job to job to job. You don't ever stay at a job for more than one year. I say, yeah, because I don't like it. Like I'm bored. I will <laughs> my new job looking for new jobs with their internet on indeed what are you talking about (laughs) like that's what millennials do you'll be using their internet to find a job do you know how many times same i'll be updating my resume there (laughs) we don't we don't we actually don't stay anywhere that doesn't serve us but for some reason when it comes to church that's when our loyalty wants to come out is not serving us we stay there stagnant we stay there not growing just to appease other people and it's like <laughs> huh <laughs> we're at the gates of heaven when you tell jesus i did not grow because i was being loyal he'll <laughs> <laughs> just laugh at you like why oh, can you see yo about bro like i did not grow because i was being loyal so i think it's so important that we must know that we can't become so consumed with the culture of church that we neglect knowing jesus himself and Mm -hmm. at the point where you are sitting in the church and you don't know jesus anymore that is a question mark i remember when chris and i were like contemplating leaving and we were doing pros and cons lists and we were like oh you're men but we go to a black church the music is lit and we were like so worried but then chris literally said pussy like it was like we both at the same time realized like oh my god we're going to church for the music Like, take it in. Like, we don't want to leave a church because the music is lit. Like, are you dumb? You're going to go and listen to the music, play radio in your house. <laughs> like, that's not why you go to church. You don't go to church because the music is lit. Like, 
you know what I mean? So all those little, little things like, and, and there was just certain things like we were no longer serving with joy. We were no longer, those things are so, so, so important because you, the second that that leaves you, you are literally doing it for man and nobody is that great. Nobody, no, there's nobody that is that awesome that will make you serve in ministry for that for free there's nobody no one is that nice no one's that nice that's your catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> that's my catchphrase yeah, you don't like anybody enough <laughs> i don't you're you're literally not jesus only you can literally only serve in church for jesus alone because nah people are, are marked people 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 can shine your eye in a way that you'll be like, I'm scared of you. Like, <laughs> literally scared of you. Like, I am afraid of who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the people that you find in church. You will not find that person on the job. You will not find that person in school. In school, mm-hmm. you'll find the nicest, most dainty, most, do you want to take notes after class? Let's study together. But in church, you will find someone that makes you question if it's Jesus or demon. <laughs> that is operating in them. Yet yeah. still, you will be there. So it's, yeah. So it's like you, the second that you just start finding yourself in that position, it's time for you. It's time for you to start, you know, doing a little one to research. And I was listening to John Piper's um, podcast. Um, John Piper is just a fantastic human being. And if you can handle his big, big grammar, He's someone that he has big, big grammar. If you can handle his big, big grammar, he's someone that I think I encourage everybody to go and listen to, go and learn from him. He's amazing. He was basically talking about like the things you should look for when going to another church so that you don't just hop from maybe frying pan to fire. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, so that you will not go somewhere. <laughs> so that you will not go somewhere that's worse than where you are now. Before they start telling you that they baptize with with uh, with <laughs> before they say they anoint your head with water, don't do that. <laughs> they anoint with oil, eh? Don't don't let nobody anoint your head with water. <laughs> That's Teresa's catchphrase. She said, "I've never known anybody that anointed in the Bible with water." <laughs> oh my god! So you really need to make sure. Um, obviously, make sure that they are teaching the actual word of God from the Bible, not somebody's. Um, personalized, yeah. personalized situation. You can always tell because they read one scripture and then they go off on a tangent about their personal life, and it's like, I don't know what Jesus did, though. <laughs> like, I know how you did, but I don't know what Jesus did. So, you know, make sure they're actually preaching the true word of God and not saying this is actually what the Bible meant out of context and all that stuff. Like just, you know, find people that if you even want to go find someone that's actually trained, maybe they went to seminary school or whatever, ask your pastors, ask them, ask them. If you're, when you're going to a new church, I ask questions. It might be rude or whatever, but I do. I ask, how did you know you were called to be a pastor? Who trained you? What seminary did you go to? Why didn't you go to seminary? (laughs) Like how long have you been doing this? Um, what are some hiccups you face in ministry? What has been one of your most challenging times? I'm not going to place my spiritual growth and literally my truth about our Lord and Savior in the hands of somebody that's just feeling inspired, <laughs> that's feeling like they can do motivational speaking. No, I need anointing. I need call. I need oil. I need truth. You know, 
look for servers that are serving with joy. People that are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Because when you join there and you have joy and everybody around you doesn't have joy, guess what? Either you will be annoying mm-hmm. or you will be annoyed. Yeah. One of the two. But when everybody around you is happy, is passionate about where they are, they can't wait. See, somebody says she wakes up at 5 a.m. to pray about her life. <laughs> you, if you were the one that you go to a church where they come in at 12.30, and you say, yeah, I woke up at 5 a.m. <laughs> They'll tell you, to, what's wrong with you? Like, you know? So it's those kind of things. Like, you have to find your, your squad. I am not waking up at 5 a.m. to pray for anything. I'll tell you the truth. Like, that's not my squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like maybe I will be inspired and, hey, I can do one 5 a.m. a week. But you know what I mean? Like, there's levels. That's why there's different churches because there's different hooks for different fish. Like, it's okay. Just because you want ba-pa-pa-pa-pa doesn't mean you are ba-pa-pa-pa-pa spiritually. Do you get what I mean? Like, you have to find your level, find your place. Like, grow in accordance you can't be a new beginner believer okay let me not say that because obviously you can do anything to Christ who strengthens you whatever but (laughs) you if maybe you are struggling with your faith and you're starting and you don't even really believe in prophecy and you don't even really believe in pastors and you don't even really believe in this and you don't even believe in that don't go to a church where the pastor is a prophet and they prophesy every week for a living don't do that <laughs> don't do that to yourself like you're don't so it's things like that like you have to find your squad and be honest with yourself like so that's what i'm saying find a find a place where they preach the true unadulterated word of god um, find a place where the people serve with joy and with passion and where you can fit right in and they will lift you up and inspire you. Not that you will either be the one having to lift up the, <laughs> the crowd of workers or, you know what I mean? Or you just feel so out of place because you can't even join their speed. You know what I mean? Like you can't be in grade two and say, well, I want to go to university. Like that's not where you are. It's not where you are. And that's okay. Um, and like, don't go to church for how they look or like also don't not go to a church for how they look. Cause I know a lot of people do that thing where like, Oh my God, uh, everybody wears heels there. And I just don't feel bro. Yeah. There's a lot of that as well. Um, wear your slippers and go and hear the word of God. <laughs> like <laughs> you can't do this. Like, okay. But all they do is they dress to impress. It's what they want to wear. Yeah. If, if people want to wear heels, let them wear heels. If they want to wear flip-flops, let them wear flip-flops. If you can find a church where they're dressing in accordance to you, like, it's just lame to me. Like, those are not reasons you go to church. And even, honestly, the music. Like, um, John Piper said that, he mentioned that next to the whoever is preaching the word, the music, like, the worship should be as theologically correct as the word of God, because that is literally the worship. And I know oftentimes we hear things like, oh, the worship wasn't too good today, or I prefer when this person sings. But guess what? The worship is not for you. Like, they're not here to entertain you. And if the words that they are singing is in line with the word of God, and the spirit of God is there, and it's true worship to his presence, to him, Nobody cares who's leading it. I know, obviously, we want the one that sounds the nicest and the musician that can play, you know? Yes, all of us want it. But, like, 
if that is going to distract you from the actual presence, because listen, we've all three of us here have seen a musician sing and seen the presence of God walk out the window. Just, just go. <laughs> the presence of God literally left through the vents. <laughs> It was ugly. It was really bad. So those kind of things let you know, like, it's not about the music and the da 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 It's about the true oil. You know what I mean? So take your time if you're leaving. Obviously, it can be controversial. So really, really know that you're not leaving based off of some emotional reason. Mm-hmm. I don't actually leave churches for emotional reasons, mm-hmm. even though I've left a lot, quote unquote. But I think that's just my journey. It's just specific. Like, I've moved around. I'm a mover. I've Since I was literally five years old i've been going from country to country i moved from place to place from school to school and from churches to churches and i've learned so much and i believe that that's a part of my call to have all these different varieties of experience maybe you're like Teresa, and you were just born in one place so for 20 something years and that's where you're supposed to be until boom the final last hour because you're supposed to go and do something else Maybe you're supposed to be like, Esther, you know what I mean? Like who knows whatever your journey is, but none of us left for emotional reason. None of us left because, oh, the auntie is so judgmental or the this is so that, or the that is so that. If that is like your reality and, you know, that is maybe hindering, at the end of the day, if something is hindering your growth, that is the actual problem, not anything else. But I mean, that's true. But I, th- I think Teresa mentioned that there's a lot of things that is a us problem as well. And yeah. I know to realize that I hear so much, so many people talk about, oh, I don't want to go to this church because um, I don't fit in or people are mean or people are clicky or whatever the case might be. But a lot of times it has a lot to do with us. You can go to five churches, you'll still encounter the same thing because you don't understand who you are and you don't understand yourself and you don't know that you're insecure. So at some point, you also have to like be real with yourself and know like what you want, what you're looking for, and what are you being led by? What exactly are you looking for? Are you looking for validation? Are you looking for community? Do you need a group hug? Like, what is it that you need? Yeah. Like, literally. Because I feel like so many people just walk out on their blessings or on their growth because they don't dress like me or I walked in, they didn't say hi to me. Like, what are you looking for exactly? Like, are you being led? Like, what... I don't know. Like, even if you're a new Christian, I know it can be hard sometimes because, like, you know, your church family is your community, and sometimes you can feel alone and abandoned. But, like, that's where I believe in taking responsibility for myself and my walk with Christ. So what exactly is it that you're looking for? Because everything that you're looking for, you can find the answer for it in him. And you have to understand your why. And I feel like we touch on this every single episode. but like <laughs> Every single episode. Every, like your why. Like what's your why? And understanding who you are. Like what are you doing? Why are you where you are? Like, I feel it. It's true. Because the, the, the fact of the matter is there is no perfect church. No no. None. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. Like no matter what church you go to, you will find things wrong. You will find things that you don't like. And I've even found out the higher that you go in church, like the more you serve, the the closer you get, the further you get away from just being a member that sits in the pew, the more problems you see. Like if you just show up and you listen to the word, you are not offended by anybody. But it's when you start joining ministry. Once you join a ministry, somebody will do something mad. Then you'll be like, ah, <coughs> ah, ah, what? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like, 
crazy. People are crazy. Even if you go a step further where I am right now, when you actually work in church and you get to see a whole new different perspective, you say, ah, oh, oh. <laughs> the further away you get from sitting in the pews, the more that you're, you're more exposed, the more stuff that you see, like as if with anything, like the closer you get to the family or the closer that you get to, to, to things, the, the more you see its problems. So no church is going to serve you no church is going to be perfect to you unless you plan on going there sitting down not talking to anybody listening to the word and leaving that's basically never have a perfect church but as soon as you join a ministry somebody will offend you because there's people as soon as you do anything any sort of other growth you will be hurt you will be offended you will be uh, something will happen where it will bother you so you need to get that in your head firstly and that's what comes back to what Esther was saying about knowing your why and knowing why you go to church. We don't go to church for anything other than to fellowship the community of believers, to give praise to God, to grow. That's why. It's about you growing. It's about you growing. And the way God wants to grow you in church is through other people. So dare I say, because really you can grow at home. You can sit at home in your bed and you can watch sermons all day. That's what I do in this quarantine and take notes. My notebook is even ending. I have to go to Dollarama tomorrow to go buy another one. You sit <laughs> at home and you watch sermons and read books. If you do that continuously for the rest of quarantine, you will grow spiritually. Yet, yeah, true or false? Facts. Okay. No printer. Okay. So <laughs> that premise is true. You can grow at home. So why would God send you to a place with people that will annoy you, that will hurt you, that will, that will bother you, that will piss you off to grow if you can do the same thing at home? Clearly, the lesson of growth in the church is one that you cannot get at home. So the point of you being there is to be able to grow through the persecution, to grow through the hurt, to grow through the betrayal. He knew that those things would happen when he sent you there. That is why he commanded it, because there's a certain level of growth you cannot achieve in your room. There's a certain level of growth that is achievable through people, through experience, through heartache, through betrayal, through pain. And therefore, knowing all that, for you to now say, oh, I'm leaving church or I'm leaving the church or this church because I've been, I've been, been hurt, you are failing the test. You are literally failing the test. Like, like how, like, clap for yourself. <laughs> because, are you mad? Clap for yourself. People cheese me, man. That's why the ladies pissing me off. You have a position. Don't piss me off. Teresa, I have something to add to that for you. Go ahead. It's basically like marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I hate you, bro. <laughs> That's marriage. Because let me tell you, when you are single, you're living free. You're living nice. <laughs> You're living, you're living cool. Why would God tell you to go and live with somebody that it's almost like they were created to annoy you? <laughs> Why? Because there are certain challenges that you will not handle on your own. Except if you, you know what's so funny? On a very serious note, yesterday Chris and I were talking to like 3 a.m. in the morning, and we were like, we were talking about like our marriage, and we were like, honestly. The two of us, and I, I was saying the same, I was like, Chris, honestly, the two of us are like, we're good people. 
like, you know, like we're actually genuinely good people. Like we don't like beef, you know, like we're actually nice people. However, in this marriage, eh, there's a demon that (laughs) sometimes enters the both of us. Like even you yourself, after you finish manifesting, you go and sit down and say, oh my God, am I wicked? Am I a witch? Like you, you really just sit down and be like, am I a witch? Not am I saved? No. Like you really just want to know like, maybe I'm a witch because there's certain, there's just a certain way you just, you, it just make you feel good just to annoy the other person. Just to, just to push their buttons. Just, just, let's just see what happens. That's literally marriage. Like we're both nice people, but yet sometimes okay. that's what I'm telling you. It's literally, and that's what, that's what we said, right? It's literally the same thing. Like, when you go to when you go to work, you yeah. don't you don't feel even work even the conflict you have at work. It's just not church conflict. Oh. Is just so special. It's just so mind boggling. I can't imagine somebody telling me, "Oh, I knew you were like let's say at work, be like, oh, I knew you were like wasting the company's money because you went to go dye your hair blonde." I will go on HR. You're getting fired. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna lose your position, but in church, it's like everyone's bold. That's what I'm saying. There's a boldness because everyone thinks we're family. I can just say it. They think, oh, it's a family, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So you know. Yeah. But I think another important conversation to have is like one thing that I'm learning in my in my marriage boot camps, y'all. I've been I've been practicing. I've been learning uh-huh. about marriage. Ain't no more fears coming to an end. 2020. Um, in my little marriage boot camp every day, I, I spend time watching a marriage sermon and things like that, relationship stuff. Um, one thing I'm learning is like, you cannot want, you cannot expect, or you cannot be in a place where you want love if you refuse pain or vulnerability. Like they come together. If you want love in any relationship, you need to be willing to accept vulnerability and pain. And I studied, I did a, a Bible study on the script. Brene Brown. That sounds like Brene Brown. What? Is that Brene Brown, the psychologist? I don't know. She literally did a TED talk on exactly that sentence. Oh, really? Yeah, literally saying like the literally you cannot have love unless you're able to accept pain and vulnerability. Literally, the exact sentence. And she's in the spirit because the Holy Spirit told me that one. <laughs> so literally, but but you like I'm learning, and and I think my biggest thing is that I don't I'm not vulnerable because I don't want to get hurt, and I don't want to get hurt because I know what it feels like to be heartbroken, and I don't want that. And that is what it's causing the fear of marriage. I can't be vulnerable. I can't be open. I can't be transparent. I can't let my guard down because I don't want to get hurt. But if I don't want to get hurt and I don't want to do all these things, then I can't expect to have love or have a healthy relationship because they come together. Like literally Christ had to die (laughs) on the cross for love. Literally. Like, so they come together. So, um, in learning that and learning that with church as well, like you cannot expect to have a, a wonderful church experience and not expect to be hurt and not expect to be to, to have pain and not expect to be vulnerable. All these people come to church and they put up walls. I feel like the church is a great place because you can put down all your walls and you can just be yourself and just be open. And yes, there are some demons in there that will, that will hurt you and that will choke you and that will pin you and that will take everything that you're, you're all your vulnerability and throw it back in your face. But again, 
if you want to experience love, you need to ex expect it and accept it. Love is, you know, I was reading my Bible, I was doing a study on love, and you know that 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 um thing that they read at weddings, love is patient, love is kind, love is all these things. Everybody always starts love is patient, love is kind. But before all of that, the Bible says very clearly, if you open it, it says it right now, love suffers long and is kind. That is what it says for it's not love is patient, love is kind. People remixed it for their own for their own gain. But the Bible says love suffers long and is kind. So love is long suffering, which means that anytime you're entering into a place of love, you must suffer long. And not only suffer long, well, while suffering long is kind. Like I said, Jesus, are you mad? Like, what is this? What, what at all is this? You're suffering long and are kind so the way that you respond to the suffering is important it's not just suffering but your kindness in the suffering and i think that is the biggest and that's the the, the the best thing that you can take into the church community that okay i'm going into this place i will be hurt i will be stepped on i will suffer long but i must still be kind and once you have that mentality you won't be so quick to jump and run and and abandon the place where God has called to grow you, to groom you, and to bless you. I literally cook three meals and sprinkling the entire house every time Chris and, ha Chris and I are having a deep fight. I literally, I'm like, I will love you. I will love you. I will love you because if I don't love you, no, I don't know who will love you. I will love you. I literally like have to like psych myself into like, I literally go like, this is unconditional love. I'm going to love you unconditionally. I'm going to, like, I get like psycho. <laughs> I literally like whenever we're having a serious fight, I I just have to flip my mind because otherwise, yeah, you absolutely jump ship. <laughs> you will jump ship, baby. But yeah, there's some I don't know where I read, but people say that church is perfect, but it became imperfect the moment we walked in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because we're people, we're human, and we're not perfect. And I feel like we also like need to let go of this perception that oh church is perfect everybody's supposed to be perfect like you will be disappointed and it will wake you up and it's actually good so i just feel like it's okay like just go to church know why you're going there and like relax because you're not perfect as well somebody tried to trick me because i was telling them that I, I'm, I'm not the most patient person and they were like oh but like are you not patient with people because like you know, you're in church and you need to be patient with people, whatever. And I was like, well, people are patient with me, so I have to be patient with them. So I'm, just like Teresa was saying in another episode, like, let's learn how to extend grace and understand that we also need all of that grace. That lesson God has been teaching me this season. We are still going, but it is well. Yeah. We move, baby! This was a beautiful episode, guys. I hope everyone learned something. Yeah. Basically, stay in your church, hmm? <laughs> But also have the courage to leave. To leave when it's time to leave. Make sure it's time to leave. And I think what we're all saying in, in so many words without really touching on it is like, make sure that the reason that you're leaving is only driven by your relationship with God and not because you're not putting in the work. When you're putting in the work, when you're doing your part and it's still hard, in that place then you understand that okay this is not like you sh if you're doing your part here 
if you're doing your part, you should still hear God. You should still feel God. You should still experience God and everything that comes with God. The presence should not depart if you're doing your part because it's not contained in the church. But also understanding that this place is no longer conducive for my growth, having the courage to respectfully and honorably leave. No. that's right oh and oh my gosh when you're leaving a church if you, especially if you've been in the community please let your pastors know don't be rude <laughs> don't just up and disappear they won't see you for six months that's not nice no. just give your pastor a little heads up like just tell them like just be respectful even if you can't tell them face to face write a letter do something but don't just up and leave. They, they've invested in you the yeah. least you can do is say you know I'm, I'm I think it's time for me to leave that's all. But yeah, anyway, I hope you guys learned something. Um, this was not to bash. I don't think we bashed any churches. Like, I, I think, our, I think, I don't know about you guys. At least I feel like the churches that I've been to in the past have been dope. It's just, I didn't leave because they stopped being dope. I just had to leave because I learned what I needed to learn. And it was time for me to move on to the next level. And I think that's the same for you guys as well. So hopefully, you know, I hope you guys learned something from this episode and maybe it'll just let you reflect. Maybe if you've been on the verge of leaving or if, or if you want to leave for emotional reasons, then it should make you stay. And if you want to leave for the proper reasons, because God is telling you to leave, then this should maybe hopefully give you the boldness, the little kick, the encouragement you need uh, to step out and go. <laughs> So a place that God is leading you. I think about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's been real. We'll see you next week. <laughs> next time. Sassy and safe, baby. Mm-hmm.